Big Ten Bowl season is underway. We got one to recap, one to preview. You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, welcome to Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the conference every day of the week. Coming up on today's show, we're going to recap the matchup between Wisconsin and Oklahoma State. The Badgers take a bowl game win in the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. And also the Pinstripe Bowl coming up to continue Big Ten Bowl season. Minnesota faces off against Syracuse. What can we expect at that matchup at Yankee Stadium? That's coming up all here today on Locked On Big Ten. Let's start by getting into the Wisconsin game. But before we do, a reminder to tune in every day and subscribe to Locked On Big Ten wherever you get your podcasts. We have for you everything you need to know about the show at Locked On Big Ten on YouTube, wherever you get your shows, and on Twitter too. It's one zero at the end, not T-E-N. All right, let's dive into the Wisconsin win over Oklahoma State. A 24-17 final score, which isn't a huge scoring output, but certainly still a little bit more than maybe even we were expecting in this game. The over does hit, and we get ourselves actually... 24, 17, 41. I actually don't think the over did hit. It would depend on where you got things at. But anyway, if whatever side it was on, in my opinion, a little bit more scoring than even I was expecting in this game. But if you look at how it played out, it wasn't all that atypical of a typical Wisconsin matchup. First off, it was kind of weird having Luke Fickle out there on the sidelines. I mean, he's the head coach of the team. He would be there with his guys, I suppose, but these aren't really his guys. I mean, I know you get him out there for just the optics of it, but if I was going to have him at the game just as the symbol of the future of the program, put him up in the booth, put him up in the skybox, whatever it is. I mean, this is still Jim Leonard's team, if you ask me, for the rest of that game. And I'm just picturing like him being down there on the sideline with a bunch of guys that he's known for less than a month. And with these guys who are trying to finish something with their interim head coach, who isn't going to be there next year and has been there for a really long time and had been through this journey throughout the season with him. So it was weird having Luke Fickle down there. It was weird having him be the one who got interviewed, I think it was at halftime, going into the locker rooms. If Maybe it was start of the third quarter when he got talked to. But the point being, I just didn't get the point in having him out there on the sidelines with everybody else. But that has nothing really to do with the game. Uh, it was looking like it would be an easy Wisconsin win. Badgers were up 24-7 to going into the fourth quarter. Oklahoma State scores 10 unanswered points in that fourth. It wouldn't have been a Wisconsin ending if not for something to happen to make things close at the end. I mean, 24-7 to is just a little bit too comfortable for what we've seen out of Big Ten West this season. So Oklahoma State makes the comeback. Wisconsin holds off at the very end. I mean, Cowboys had a chance. They were three minutes left in the fourth quarter when the interception that sealed things ended up happening. But this was a game that easily could have gone all the way back the other way after a pretty decent start for Wisconsin. Uh, To be fair, it wasn't a decent start right off the bat. I'd say decent first half, I guess, when you get to the end of it. But Wisconsin scores those two touchdowns at the end of the half to get themselves a decent lead. If that doesn't happen, I really don't know how this all plays out because it could have gotten really, really ugly with how little those teams were looking very good in 
the stretches that they weren't scoring because there were long stretches of not scoring by really either side. Wisconsin had a couple of good drives at the end of the first half. They got themselves a short field off a turnover in the second half for their third touchdown, but it was pretty typically a Wisconsin game in which the Badgers didn't have all that much. Uh, we had talked about the quarterback battle, about how there would be two backups going into this game. Chase Wolf, 16-26 for 116, a touchdown and an interception for Wisconsin. In the other side, Garrett Rangel, the freshman, 14-31, 229, two touchdowns and two interceptions. Uh, this game was largely what I thought it would be as far as how it ends up playing out. When you look at the stat sheets, nobody really overwhelmed in this matchup. Nobody really did anything that made you think, oh man, this guy was the reason why the team won the game, or this team was dominant in some sort of certain way that allowed them to win the game. No, it wasn't really anything like that. But when you look at just all the way across the board, I mean, those quarterback stats, Braylon Allen had, I think it was 116 yards on the ground. Him and Ches Malusi were running all over the place. The total count was, I think, 47 to 26. Yes, it was run to pass in favor of run for the Badgers. So this was a Wisconsin football game. It got ugly at times. Wisconsin had some offense at times, which we know already they don't need a ton of, but they had enough. And two long touchdown drives is, to be honest, more than what you could say for a lot of the times Wisconsin's been out there on the field this season. So 24 points put up by the Badger offense. I don't think you can be too unhappy with given the search situation. Uh, they get the win. It's what now? Eight in the last nine years. Not only Wisconsin has gone to a bowl game, but won a bowl game. They've gone to a bowl game all nine years. So tradition far from being broken, despite the fact they had an interim coach here, a future head coach on the sidelines, not doing anything and all sorts of stuff to suggest that you could have a changing in tide. No, no. Wisconsin's still a bowl game winner, and they get the first Big Ten bowl game win of the season. So, a good win for Wisconsin, something to build off of for Luke Fickle and his team as he now officially takes over, and something for Jim Leonard, Jim Leonard to point to, as he's certainly going to have another job in football somewhere. Where it is, we'll of course find out at some point soon, but we do know he will not be returning with Fickle to the Badgers. So that's a look at the first Big Ten Bowl game already done here this season. Let's get into the one that we have yet to play here, at least next up. It's Minnesota and Syracuse in Yankee Stadium for the Pinstripe Bowl. The Orange are playing in this game for the third time. Nobody else has ever played in it more than once. And Minnesota's a first-time player, of course, as a result of that. We'll have a preview of that matchup for you as a couple of really good run games, but only one of them fully equipped as we get ready for Yankee Stadium. Before we get into that, though, if you want to bet on the Pinstripe Bowl, the college football playoff semifinals, who's going to win the title or anything else, you can do it at BetOnline. BetOnline is where you go for any of your online sports betting needs, whether it be to actually get a line for the game you want. Not every site has all of them. BetOnline does. Or if you want to just get the information that you need to make sure you're making the smart bets, you can do it all over at BetOnline. A one-stop shop for anything that you need to make sure that you're getting your bets in and in the right way. You can do it at BetOnline for all the best numbers and anything else. BetOnline, where the game starts. Let's preview the Pinstripe Bowl. Second bowl game of the season for the Big Ten. Minnesota's facing off against Syracuse, and we've got a good one coming up here. It's the spread at 11 points, I'll get into that in a second, in favor of Minnesota. I do not think that game will be this big of a lopsided at the end. Uh, 
But let's start with what these two teams are. Uh, Minnesota has some quarterback situations going on. Uh, Tanner Morgan is apparently healthy and available to play. Ethan Kaliak-Manis has been getting starts in his absence, and the feeling in Minnesota is that it's his job now. So what exactly happens on what will be the last game of Tanner Morgan's career when Ethan Kaliak-Manis is the next man up, apparently, for Minnesota? I don't know what happens there. What I do know is that Minnesota's going to have its run game here, which is, of course, huge. Mo Ibrahim, one of the best running backs in the Big Ten, one of a number of insanely good running backs in the Big Ten. And while he'll be out there for Minnesota, Syracuse will not have its Mo Ibrahim out there in Sean Tucker. Now, before you go ahead and look up stats and all that and try and tell me that Mo Ibrahim is not nearly in the same kind of range as Sean Tucker, Ibrahim is much better, you're right. Ibrahim's stats are better. He has not, uh, Sean Tucker, that is, has not done quite as much as what Mo Ibrahim has done. But if you watch this Syracuse team, you know that Sean Tucker is the lifeblood of it. If he's doing well, Syracuse does well. It is the foundation of whatever the Orange does on offense. It goes around Sean Tucker. But it won't be able to here in the pinstripe bowl. Because he has declared for the NFL draft, he will not be playing in this game. So how does that change the Syracuse offense? Obviously, you expect to see more passing. I think Dino Babers will at least a little bit still rely on his run game to an extent. I think he trusts that the offensive line is going to be able to work things out, even with Sean Tucker not out there. And at the very least, he's going to have to give it a try. But what he has on offense in Garrett Schaefer coming back is a situation where this player in the quarterback is playing in his third straight game back from injury. And when Syracuse has had him in those two games to end the regular season, the offense has looked much, much better than it had during the Syracuse losing streak. Orange lost five of their last six games in the regular season. Started out from 6-0 and and about a quarter away from upsetting Clemson and getting to 7-0 and to again losing five of their last six and sitting here in the pinstripe bowl instead of something on New Year's Day or better. The point being, the Orange have not been good as of late. But... Their quarterback has not been in for a good part of that as well. Since he got back, and in the last two games of the regular season, if you're looking at passing yards for Syracuse, you're looking at 357 in the second-to-last regular season game, 285 in the last regular season game from Garrett Schrader. These are numbers that help Syracuse fans be a little bit more optimistic going into this matchup. Not only is Sean Tucker not going to be there, which is bad, but you have Schrader there who has seemingly warmed back up and gotten used to things again in this offense. I think that Syracuse is going to maybe, at least even from the start, while they're, of course, going to try and lean on the run game and build something off of that. I think Dino Babers could easily also take a couple of shots early in this game. Really test that Minnesota secondary and see what Schrader is able to do in the first couple of drives here. I don't expect nothing too special all around with the Syracuse defense. If you're a Minnesota fan looking at how you beat it, just play your game. There aren't anything that Syracuse does statistically that really, really steps out as super elite. And especially over the last six games or so, they have not been all that good defensively when they've been in the middle of this losing streak. So I think if you're Minnesota, you just try and play your game and adjust throughout. I think you should have no problem at all running through the Syracuse defense in a similar way that you've run through the entire Big Ten. So if that's working for Minnesota, and of course they have a more full roster than Syracuse does on both sides of the football, 
there's reason to put Minnesota as such a heavy favorite in this matchup, but I just don't see this game playing out that way. This is a game being played in the cold, in Yankee Stadium, much closer to Syracuse, by the way. This will be more of a Syracuse home game, no doubt about that. And you also have a team in Minnesota who, of course, is going to try and lean on that ground and pound where Syracuse is going to try and score fast. I, I just, I see a lot of ways where Minnesota is the better team here. But when I'm trying to find a way for justifying an 11-point spread, I just don't see that. Minnesota wins this game, if you ask me. And I think there's definitely ways where Minnesota just blows them out too. But if you're asking me if I would have set this in line at 11, no, absolutely not. It would have been more like 6 or 7 to me, somewhere around a touchdown. So if you want at least what I think on the betting side of it, it's that. But at least as far as the game goes, there is no reason to think that you should lose this game if you're a Minnesota fan. Syracuse is short-handed. The Gophers have been the better team down the stretch. Then Syracuse has all the momentums pointing toward P.J. Fleck in Minnesota, aside from the fact that this is a team in Syracuse who is in New York, technically upstate, and playing in New York, too. So they will have that kind of an advantage. And also, they are two-time Pinstripe Bowl champions as well, going to become the first ever three-time Pinstripe Bowl champions, if that's something, I don't know how much you celebrate such a thing. But anyway, it's going to be a good one. That's, I think, my biggest takeaway is that we're going to have a good football game here. I don't see a game that justifies a double-digit spread. I do see a game in which Minnesota is pretty clearly the better team. And I'm maybe contradicting myself a little bit here. I think there's definitely a possibility for Minnesota to win this game by 17, 20 points. But I just don't see a way to justify putting the actual spread at such a big number, if that makes sense. All right, we'll wrap things up here on Locked On Big Ten by getting you a quick look at just the really, really quick news from around the Big Ten. Uh, only real thing I wanted to touch on real quick, Mozzie Smith, the uh, Michigan player who had gun charges earlier in the season back in August, I believe it was came out in October, that he had had those charges against him, said he's moving on and hopefully learning from the experience, said he has learned from the experience and is moving on from what he called a, quote, a life lesson. And hopefully it is too. Again, we don't know a whole bunch of details about what actually happened there, but it doesn't seem like anyone got hurt or anything. So uh, hopefully Mazzy Smith is, again, learned and moved on, and we can all just move on from all of this. Uh, that's all for Locked On Big Ten here today. Nate Dickinson with you. We'll be back here to recap Minnesota and Syracuse, as well as, of course, get into the huge weekend in the college football playoff semifinal matchups. That's all coming right here on Locked On Big Ten. Be sure to follow us wherever it is that you get your podcasts, on YouTube and on Twitter, too. Our handle is at LockedOnBig10 with a one zero at the end when you type it out, not T-E-N. That's all the same on YouTube, where you get your podcasts, and Twitter too. And if you follow me on Twitter, it's at NateWithSports. I'll be back tomorrow with more here on Locked On Big Ten. Until then, this has been Locked On.